0: If you take a moment and grab your Bible and turn with me to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24. I'm reading out the New Living Translation today. Uh, last, week we, last week was Easter. It was Resurrection Sunday. And so we looked at a couple different things and we talked about the power of God, the presence of God. I told you that God had to be real. Jesus had to be in full flesh when he showed up with his disciples and he says, Hey, you got anything to eat? That showed us that Jesus at that moment had completely raised from the dead. He was once dead and now was made alive again. And he was hungry. He wanted something to eat. And so, in the same way that he showed up there with those disciples, I told you he can show up in every situation of our life. And he's right there physically waiting on you to call on him. And and he's waiting on us to give back to him. He wanted something to eat. And he was there ready to consume from his disciples. And so, I told you just as. he was there, ready to consume from them. He's ready to consume from us, and so I'm actually going to backtrack just a little bit. And we're going to go to Luke chapter 24. I'm going to read verse, uh, verses 30, 13 through 35 today, and we're going to look at this just a little bit over the next couple of weeks. I want to uh, preach just a short two-weeks uh, sermon series or a, a sermons that split into two parts, if you will, just titled "In Person," and I want us to look at that. I look at Jesus as He came back. Uh, to spend some time with his disciples. He's here on earth as he has risen from the dead. He's walking in person, uh, communicating with different people. And I want us to look at a couple different situations in that today and then again next Sunday. So we're, if you will, let's read this. This is Luke chapter 24, verses, uh, beginning of verse 13. It says, That same day two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. First of all, I want to take a quick pause. Uh, The word discussing there in its original translation actually means uh, arguing. It's it's more than just a discussion, just a casual conversation. They were debating. They were arguing. They were in an intense discussion. And we see that with Jesus' response in verse 17. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you're walking along? And they stopped short, uh, sadness written across their face. Then one of them, Cleopas, said, uh, he replied, You must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that happened here in the last few days. What things, Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles. He was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priest and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death. They crucified him. We had hoped that uh, he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened 3 days ago. Then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning. They came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing and he had seen they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see and sure enough his body was gone just as the women had said. Then Jesus said to them, "You foolish people." He said, "You find it so hard to believe all the prophets wrote in scripture." Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering into his glory? And then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses all through the prophets, explaining from all scriptures the things concerning himself. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus and at the end of their journey, Jesus acted as if he was going on, but they begged him, stay the night with us since it's getting late. So he went home with them and He sat. Uh, they sat down to eat and he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and he gave it to them. Does that sound familiar? I read you some passages of scripture last Sunday as we took communion together and he did the exact same thing with his disciples prior to him going to the cross. He took the bread, he he, he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to them. He took the cup, the, the wine, and he blessed it and he distributed it to them. And uh, it says that he uh, he broke it, gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him at that moment he disappeared and they said to each other didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road as he explained scriptures to us and within the hour they were on their way back to jerusalem they found 11 disciples and the others who gathered with him who said the lord really is risen he appeared to peter i want us to look for just a few minutes at this passage of scripture and there's a couple things that i want to point out to you that i think is interesting this is resurrection sunday this is taking place of the the exact same day we celebrated last sunday uh the, jesus's resurrection has taken place he's risen from the dead the ladies have gone to the tomb they found the empty tomb and now uh, they've ran back and told everybody about it. And here's these two disciples, these two guys that are they are on their way to Emmaus. Emmaus is seven miles from Jerusalem. The Jerusalem is the place that all the action's taking place. It's the place that Jesus has ministered. It's the place that we're going to find out a little bit later that he says, Hey, I promise the Holy Spirit's coming to you. I can't stay, but I'm sending one that's better than myself. Go and tarry in Jerusalem until he comes. And uh, he, he shows up. They're walking down the road to Emmaus, and Jesus just shows up. Emmaus has no significance whatsoever. We don't see Emmaus being any key city, any key thing, uh, any key place in scripture. Emmaus really doesn't have any meaning to us whatsoever. And not only that, but the disciples were leaving Jerusalem. It was the place that everything had taken place, as I just said, and here they are leaving that place. They're, they're discouraged. They're upset. And Jesus shows up and questions their conversation. And they stop in the middle of their tracks, and sadness is written on their faces. the New Living Translation said. They stop. They, they're, they're pondering, you know, really? And they look at him, and they question Jesus. Jesus, who, like, who are you, guy? You know, you must be the only person in Jerusalem that don't know what's actually taking place. The Bible says that God did not allow them to see who this actually was they're talking to. It wasn't revealed to them that it was Jesus. that brings me to the first thought I just want to tell you real quick that uh, sometimes God has to get us on a dirt road in the middle of nowhere, headed to nowhere, so that he can stop us to meet with us and have a conversation in the middle of our hopeless situation, in the middle of everything. uh, you know, He's taken us out of our comfort zone. We're out of Jerusalem. We're out of the place of action. He's got to get us on this way where we feel like we're leaving our destination, right? Destination is in Jerusalem. That's the place the Holy Spirit's coming. That's our destiny. We're leaving that place. We're going out. And it's at that place on that journey that Jesus met with these two disciples. And in the same way, he's got to get us to that place where he can actually meet with us sometimes. We can't necessarily see God moving and uh, communicating, yet he's in the midst of the journey with us. It isn't, uh, this isn't it for me, though. It's not the only thing that I see here. Jesus is meeting um, with this group of people, and he's meeting with them on the third day. that He's made clear, very clear. That would be the day that he would have risen from the dead. He's made it very clear throughout his teachings. He's made a clear reference back to Scripture. The day's coming where the Son of Man's got to die, but on the third day, he's going to be risen from the dead, and he's going to live. And here they are on the third day walking away in defeat. How do I know that they're in defeat? How do I realize that? They start talking to Jesus not knowing that he's Jesus, and they start talking to Jesus about Jesus defeating him with their words. Look at verses 19 through 21 with me. Jesus is questioning, what things are you talking about? The things that happened to Jesus, the man of Nazareth. And they said, he was a prophet. Later on, they say, he was a mighty teacher. And they go on in verse 21. We had hoped he was the Messiah. Was is a past past tense Word. It's a past tense verb. He was. Not he is a mighty prophet. Not he is a mighty teacher. Not he is the Messiah, but he was. They're defeated. And here they are with their words, not realizing they're speaking directly to Jesus. They're defeating Jesus with their words. He was. They, they were defeated. From all they could see, he was a man of the past, and all hope was lost. I wonder How many times you and I are walking in situations and all we see is what's right in front of us and all we can can respond to is what's directly in front of us. Our perceptions got us so messed up. Our perceptions got us so focused on only what we can see that we're defeating our future with our words. We're defeating Jesus himself with what's actually coming out of our mouth. Here's another thought. Too often we're basing life only on what we see. Too often we base life only on what we can see. We're defeated by what we see when in reality we can't see that Jesus is on the road with us. These two, these two people have just left Jerusalem. They've just let. They've seen defeat. They watched Jesus die, the painful death on the cross. They know that it's happened. They see no hope whatsoever. They know what they see. But yet... What they don't see is actually the basis that, that their life is going to be built on. How often do you and I, we, we operate and only on what we can see. So Jesus begins to walk them through history, and he reminds them of the things that they had forgotten. He starts with Moses, and he enters, and he goes all throughout Scripture, each one of the prophets, uh, explaining everything that's ever concerned, him, explaining exactly what was to take place. See, we're focused on the here and now, we're focused on what I can see, but so often I forget the promises of God. So often I forget the plan of God that was already laid out before me. And that's exactly what these guys have done. He finishes this conversation, and they arrive, and Jesus is acted as if he's gonna go on. They've got to the place, they've got to their destination, they've got to the place where they're supposed to be hopping off the road and they're they're gonna they're gonna take their break, they're gonna to go to their home. Jesus is going to continue on. It really struck me because this tells me that if we don't stop and invite Jesus, he's going on without us. If I don't stop in every area of my life and invite Jesus into that moment, those deep crevices within my heart, the the dark places, the places I don't like about myself, if I don't stop and invite him in, he's going down the road without me. Had they not invited invited Jesus in, they may have never known it was him with them all along the way. It wasn't until he sat down and he sat at the table. And I love the original translation actually is more like that they reclined at the table together. They relaxed at the table together. And it was in that moment after he had been invited in that he revealed himself and God allowed them to see who he actually was. What would have happened had, they, had he not invited him in? The third main thought is invite him in or he's going without you. Jesus served them a communion. Symbolically, he gave himself and, and that that they could see. He took the bread because he takes what he needs to take and he breaks what he needs to break in our life is after we invite him in. But he takes this bread, He he blesses it and he breaks it. And as soon as he represents himself broken before them, they realize who he is. That's so interesting to me. The last thought I want to leave you with is this. It's in verse 32. Luke chapter 24 verse 32 says, "Then they said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scripture to us?" They didn't know it was Jesus. They could not see with their eyes that Jesus was the man talking to them. They could not, they had no perception that it was actually Jesus having this conversation. Yet now that they recognize who it was, they're talking to each other and they say, didn't our hearts burn within us? So what does that tell me? Well, here's what what I know. Although they couldn't see Jesus, they could feel Jesus. Although they could not see him physically, they didn't realize who he was walking with him. There was something within them as he spoke it burned within them. Burning, represents the fire. burning with fire represents the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit burning within us. And although they couldn't recognize Jesus, the Spirit allowed them to feel His presence. See, I don't know really what's going on. I don't know where we really find ourselves on this journey. But I've learned three things. First of all, on the journey to nowhere, when it's hopeless, when it seems lost, when there's confusion and it's like, where in the world am I headed? Why am I? What's happened, God? You said this, and now here's this. What's going on? On that moment is where Jesus actually wants to meet with you. The second thing that I've learned is you can't base your life on what you can see. There's more to the story. They saw a man having a conversation, but what in reality was taking place was it was Jesus Christ himself. I see the world shut down in this moment. I see our economy, our church doors are, are shut, our buildings are shut, yet what's really taking place is the gospel's reaching more people than it's ever reached before. It's all in perception. The third thing that I want to tell you that I've learned is if I invite Jesus into every situation, he'll reveal himself to you. See, it's interesting to me that uh, their hearts burned And what happened was they turned their direction. Jesus disappears. He's gone. He leaves them. And they head back to Jerusalem. When Jesus shows up, they realize the Holy Spirit had allowed them to experience the presence of God. Jesus shows up and now here, the place that they were leaving, the destiny that they left, they had lost all hope. They were leaving that place. Now they turn around and they head back to Jerusalem. God's got something so incredible for you and for I, for our church, for our communities. But sometimes he's going to meet us on the dirt road in the middle of nowhere. Sometimes it's not going to be exactly what it seems. There's much, much more to life than what you can see. You got to invite him in so that he can reveal himself to you. I want to pray a prayer for you. Father, I love you. God, I thank you that you're, you're so real. Jesus, I thank you that you rose from the dead and, and on that third day you met with those guys and just like you can meet with those guys, Father, I thank you that you can meet with me. I thank you that you send your Holy Spirit to allow me to feel your presence and allow your word to burn within me as you speak and you direct me. Although I can't see, I know you're moving. I know you're working because I can feel it burning within my heart. God, and I thank you as I invite you into not only my life but every situation of my life. You reveal yourself, and you reveal the way that you're moving to me. I thank you for that, Lord. If you're watching this video today, and maybe you've never invited Christ into your life, maybe you've never asked Him to come into your heart, I want to give you an opportunity to do that. It wouldn't be right of me to not offer you, not to extend that invitation to you. I'm telling you how good God is and how how He can reveal Himself to you, but if I don't invite uh, you an opportunity, to give you an opportunity to ask Him to come in, that would be really, really bad of me. So I want to invite you to ask Jesus to come into your heart if you've never done that. It's very simple. Uh, You recognize, the Bible tells us that you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. You recognize you're a sinner. You need a Savior. And He's there. That's all there is to it. There's no works. You can't deserve it. You can't earn His love. You can't earn salvation. It's simply recognizing that Jesus paid a price for you so that you could have salvation. And I want to lead you in a prayer. If you have never asked Christ into, you've never asked Christ into your life, maybe you have and uh, things have changed and your relationship with Him has not been the way that it should be. We don't live by religion, we live by relationship. If your relationship with Christ has not been the way that it should have been, you've not maintained that relationship, you need to come back to Him. He's never left you, but you've left Him and you need to come back. So you can pray this prayer as well. I want to lead you in a prayer. Father, I recognize today I'm a sinner. I need Your grace. I need forgiveness. I recognize you sent your son out of love to die on a cross for me. Jesus, I recognize you're alive. You rose from the dead. Thank you for giving your life. Now I give you mine. Come into my heart, forgive my sins, and direct my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, that's simple. That's all there was to that. And I'm so thankful that uh, you prayed that prayer with me. And I'm so thankful you're part of this church family. And we are here. If you need anything whatsoever, you let us know. God bless you. I hope you have an amazing week.